Well, hello there, everyone. This is Dr. Leslie Kernison of Better Health While Aging. And today I'm going to be recording another COVID update. Uh, today is July 29th, 2021. And um, so uh, as many people know, we've had an evolution in the COVID situation here in the United States with cases coming back up. So what I'm going to do in this update is just recap where we're at right now at the end of July, 2021. Um, and what I think is most important for older adults and their families to know about Delta and the latest CDC mask guidance that came out uh, earlier this week regarding fully vaccinated individuals. Uh, I want to talk about breakthrough COVID cases because I think that's definitely an issue right now. I'm going to share a few updates on COVID safety and efficacy in older adults and then share my latest recommendations for how I think you can stay safe uh, during this time. So if you find that this is too long and you don't wanna read it or watch it, uh, the take home points. Um, the Delta variant seems to be very contagious, very easy to catch and transmit even by people who are fully vaccinated. And later in this talk, I'll talk a little bit more about what we know and don't know about that. But um, I do feel we should assume that if you're vaccinated, you can catch it and transmit it. Um, that said, COVID vaccination, especially with Moderna or Pfizer, the mRNA vaccines, continues to offer excellent protection against hospitalization or death um, due to COVID, even with the Delta variant. Um, so, uh, but we are seeing that vaccinated people can have symptomatic COVID. They may have some, uh, it's actually quite clear that some of them still have persisting symptoms after four to six weeks, which we call long COVID. So, uh, even if you're fully vaccinated, I think this is not a time to be casual about your risk of catching COVID. Um, so I think at this time, um, if you're fully vaccinated or you're around vaccinated people, uh, I think it's best to assume they can transmit COVID to you or to others, or that if you are vaccinated and you catch it, you could transmit it um, to other people, which means that especially for those of us who, like me, work with frail older adults, or uh, you may um, have frail older people in your life, aging parents, other older relatives, um, or many of us have uh, other unvaccinated people in our lives, namely children. I have a child who's too young to be vaccinated. Uh, we wanna be careful about exposing those people even if we are fully um, vaccinated. Um, so uh, I don't take these recent developments to be signs that the vaccine doesn't work. I think by far it is safest um, for each person, uh, adult personally, to be fully vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine. It does look like the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine work better than the Johnson & Johnson. Uh, I'm personally a fan of Moderna for older uh, adults, stronger dose and um, a little bit longer interval between doses, which seems to work better for older people. So uh, I continue to support um, vaccination for uh, all adults, including the very frail and older. And I think right now is a time to take precautions by wearing masks in indoor public spaces and limiting your exposure basically to what other people exhale. <laughs> so whether or not they are vaccinated. Um, so yes, I continue to recommend COVID vaccination. You can either think of it as a civic duty if you're worried that there might be some small risk of harm, although they seem to be incredibly safe. Um, you know, it's key, I think, to getting the pandemic under control and protecting our communities and ourselves from the most significant forms of harm, hospitalization and death. And it is safe. Your risk of harm from COVID is way higher than your risk of harm from the vaccine. And it's effective in most people, including most older adults. 
um, with the exception really of people who seem to be immune compromised and in particular have B cell or T cell problems. Um, and it may be a little less effective in some um, frailer people or people with multiple conditions. I'll talk more about that. So, um, so now if you want a little bit more detail on this. Uh, so as of today, July 29th, 2021, we are at about 34.6 million cases total of COVID in the United States and at about 611,000 deaths. Um, so the big news is um, that, as you know, in May, things were looking good. The CDC changed their guidance and said that fully vaccinated people didn't have to wear masks indoors. Um, a lot of states relate, uh, relaxed restrictions at some point between mid-May and um, mid-June, and cases were quite low in mid-June and late June at about 10 to 12,000 cases per day in the United States. But since then, they have gone up quite dramatically in the United States, we're over 60,000 cases per day, and we are now starting to see hospitalizations and deaths go um, up. Um, we are also seeing cases uh, go up in other parts of the world. So where we are in terms of vaccinations in the United States, we have about 49% of the population fully vaccinated and 57% has one dose. Um, it's really variable depending on which part of the country you are in, with some states or some counties having relatively high vaccination rates and others quite uh, low vaccination rates. Um, and that does seem to track somewhat to political um, uh, affiliation. It probably reflects a little bit where people get their news and their level of trust in the government and CDC. Uh, there's also a Pfizer vaccine now available to youths um, ages 12 through 15. And although the uh, increase in hospitalizations um, that we are seeing is primarily among the uh, unvaccinated, we are seeing plenty of COVID cases among fully vaccinated people. Um, so yes, things have gotten much worse, and um, it's generally attributed to, first of all, the Delta variant. This is the variant that first emerged in India uh, in March or April earlier um, this year, and it has rapidly become really the dominant um, strain of COVID in most uh, parts of the United States, um, and it is really uh, transmissible. It has evolved to be... Um, quite easy to catch and transmit. It's not yet clear whether it makes people more seriously ill or not. Um, so on one hand, we have the Delta variant, which is more transmissible. And on the other hand, we've had relaxed restrictions in most parts of the country these past few weeks. And that is what um, experts are attributing the current upswing in COVID cases. And uh, I would describe it as a surge for, for sure. Uh, we are also seeing COVID cases often related to Delta in um, many parts of Southeast Asia. Indonesia has been hit quite hard. And cases are also going up in uh, mainland Europe. Now, the United Kingdom has seen a surge, um, which happened in the first part of July. And what is interesting is just over the past week, it seems to have peaked a week ago and has been coming down. Uh, this surprised experts. The experts were expecting it to keep going up for at least another week or two uh, more. So they are still investigating what um, might be behind that. Because of course, COVID cases are partly a function of people 
showing up to be uh, to be tested. Um, so that has given some people, you know, the optimistic feeling that maybe our surge in the United States will peak and taper off soon. Uh, I certainly hope so. Um, I guess we'll see. Things change very quickly, and it's quite possible if you watch this in a week or two that um, you know my uh, information will will need an update. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, so let's talk about what's happened this week. Uh, so uh, notably, the Centers for Disease Control uh, just earlier this week, I believe on Tuesday, July 27th, uh, announced changes to their recommendations for fully vaccinated um, Americans. And so they said due to Delta, which just seems so much more transmissible than they had anticipated, uh, they are now recommending masks for fully vaccinated people in indoor public spaces uh, if you are in an area of substantial or high transmission. So if you're wondering if that is the case where you are, first of all, it probably is. Um, most populated counties in the United States right now meet the criteria for substantial or high transmission. If you're in a very rural area, you may not meet uh, that criteria right now. So the CDC has a handy page um, where you can check your county's data and also your county or state probably has a dashboard uh, as well. So they define substantial transmission as 50 to 100 total new cases per 100,000 people in the last seven days. So it's not daily cases, it's cases over the last seven days and it's per 100,000 um, people or um, a test positivity rate of greater than 8%. And so let me just double check again right now, but in San Francisco, which usually has uh, has never had super high surge numbers. Uh, we have gone up quite uh, a lot. Let me see if I can share this right here. So this is the CDC's COVID uh, tracker page. So see, you can look up your county and it will show you your numbers. It shows that San Francisco is at considered at a high level of um, uh, transmission. Where is our actual number? Oh, here we go. So down here, you can see our cases going up per 100,000 uh, to 147. And again, this is not per day, this is per week. Um, because when I look at our county's dashboard, they actually report like the daily average over the last seven days. But you, you can see us going up. So if you see an upswing like that in your county, you should be um, uh, concerned. Our percent positivity rate is still overall not um, that high, but it's at 4.9%, which is way higher than it was um, you know, back in June. Um, so this is how you can look to see what is going on in your own county. Um, so that's their recommendation. And then of course, unvaccinated people should continue to wear masks when they are around um, uh, other people. Um, I personally think uh, that um, what's easiest is just right now, while cases are going up, I mean, until you hear that COVID is very low, again, I would recommend wearing a mask in indoor public spaces. Um, masks are required uh, still in certain areas. Um, like uh, public transit, um, airports, planes, um, 
nursing homes. And then of course, different states and local areas can impose their own requirements, which can be stricter. Notably, uh, Los Angeles County earlier this month uh, decided to require masks indoors for everybody again, because they felt like it was um, indicated given the surge in COVID that they saw. Uh, the CDC also says that if you're fully vaccinated, wearing a mask is most important if you have a weakened immune system, or if they say if because of your age or an underlying medical condition, you are at an increased risk for severe disease. They don't really define what age puts you at increased risk. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, and they say also if someone in your household has a weakened immune system or is at increased risk for severe disease or is uh, unvaccinated. So again, if you wanna err on the safe side, I would say wearing a mask more often is definitely indicated right now, especially when you're in public indoor spaces. And um, I think it's worth considering it just when you're with other people, you know, that really we could go back to thinking about the social pot that, if you are sharing indoor space with people, even if they're your friends and they're vaccinated, if they have been going out into the world and not been kind of operating in a bubble, you know, they could potentially pick up um, COVID and they could potentially transmit it. And I, I do know fully vaccinated people who have been extremely careful about limiting their exposure who have still come down with COVID. And I think it's because Delta is just that contagious. So. Um, so that would be examples of breakthrough cases. So let's talk about that. So the definition of a breakthrough COVID case means testing positive for COVID after being fully vaccinated, which is defined as 14 days after your last shot. Um, it is unclear how common these breakthrough cases are, especially as many are asymptomatic or mild. It has driven me mildly bats over the last uh, month or two, the way the media keeps repeating this line that they breakthrough cases are very rare. Um, I don't know that I ever thought they were rare, even when in May, the CDC gave its guidance saying fully vaccinated people didn't need to wear masks indoors. And in May is also when the CDC said, we're gonna stop tracking breakthrough infections unless they cause hospitalization or death. Um, I thought it was unclear how rare they were and the CDC stopping to track uh, the ones that don't lead hospitalizations would make it harder for us um, to know. But certainly as Delta has emerged, I have heard, as you probably have too, of more and more people who are fully vaccinated who um, are having Delta symptoms. Now, um, what is very rare is getting hospitalized <laughs> um, when you're fully vaccinated with COVID, although that does happen uh, to some people. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that uh, just this week, just yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine, they published a study on breakthrough COVID cases in vaccinated healthcare workers. Um, but that study uses data that is, um, let me see again, hold on. Um, it basically ends in April. It, the, the data basically predates the Delta surge is the problem. Just one. There we go. This is in Israel where they have vaccinated lots of people with the Pfizer vaccine. They collected their data for 14 weeks uh, from January 20th, 2021 to April 28th. So 
that included their, you know, Israel's third pandemic surge, which peaked in January, but that predates um, Delta. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, so I have never liked the line that breakthrough cases are very rare. Um, serious illness when you're fully vaccinated is very rare. That is uh, for sure. I think there was concern about undermining confidence in the vaccine. Um, I have lots of confidence in the vaccine. I mean, I am confident that you are safer being vaccinated, that the risk of getting hurt by vaccination is very low, whether you're kind of, you know, a normal, healthy adult in midlife or even a very frail uh, older adult in um, the nursing home. But um, uh, I thought that um, it seemed that some people could still catch COVID. And then, of course, the variant uh, COVID is mutates quite a lot. And it seemed likely that it was going to mutate into something that could transmit despite vaccination, but it's not making people crazy sick. And we could also see this variant coming through in India in April. So um, I think the current situation is not surprising to me. Um, so coming back to breakthrough, hospitalization and death is rare in breakthrough COVID. These are being tracked by um, the CDC. And as of July 19th, um, out of 161 million vaccinated people in the United States, they have documented about 5,600 hospitalizations. About 1,500 of these were not thought to be due to COVID. Um, they are testing everybody who gets hospitalized for COVID. Um, and they've had 1,100 deaths. And of those, I think about 200 seem to be totally unrelated to COVID. Um, so overall, the vaccines seem great for preventing hospitalization in most people. Now, who is at risk for severe breakthrough COVID? Um, this is still being sorted out, but um, a large proportion of the people being hospitalized um, with breakthrough COVID are above age 65. Um, being immunocompromised, so a transplant recipient, um, sometimes on certain types of cancer therapies or immune suppressing drugs, uh, also seems to increase risk. People who have a lot of pre-existing medical conditions, possibly obesity, a little bit of an increased risk. So if you're vaccinated, should you be worried right now about breakthrough COVID? Um, well, honestly, I, I think you should, <laughs> partly because there seems to be so much COVID going around. So what are the risks for you? Many cases, so we're undercounting the breakthrough cases because many cases are asymptomatic or quite mild. I know people personally who've had breakthrough cases who just felt like they had the sniffles or hay fever. I know others who felt blah and sick and are having brain fog um, and lost their sense of smell and seem to have more of the sort of uh, full-on non-hospital COVID uh, syndrome. So, um, so yes, if you catch a breakthrough case of COVID, you might have no symptoms or very mild symptoms, but you might feel sick for a few days. If you test positive, that's disruptive to your life. You have to, you know, um, kind of quarantine and uh, isolate. It can disrupt travel plans. You have to be, you know, even more careful about exposing other people. Um, there's also the question of whether you're going to have persisting symptoms. So the studies suggest that 10 to 20% of the breakthrough cases have persisting symptoms four to six weeks uh, later. And actually in that Israeli study where their interval um, for breakthrough in vaccinated healthcare workers, uh, where they collected data from January to April, um, of the people who did get COVID, and it was a small number, 
uh, I think the breakthrough rate was much smaller before Delta than it is now. Uh, they did have 28% of them who are still having symptoms four weeks later. Um, and then there's the question of whether you could end up with more significant, you know, long-term post-COVID symptoms. So uh, long haul, you know, persisting COVID is defined as symptoms more than four weeks later. But of course, what we really worry about is could we end up being one of those people who has ongoing symptoms, you know, six months later? Um, and some people seem to even develop something that looks like chronic fatigue syndrome, which is can be, you know, disabling uh, for months and months. And they may have that for years or, you know, we don't really know right now how long they're going to have it. Um, so, um, so because of all that, I think it's worth protecting yourself. Uh, and really trying to avoid catching COVID. Um, and then there is, of course, the very small chance. And so if you're vaccinated, it has become really small of hospitalization or having a more severe case. Now, there's a higher chance if you are at higher risk uh, for COVID complications, but you know, in general, it's, it's quite small. The other question in terms of worrying about breakthrough COVID is will you be a risk to others? Um, so the studies show that with Delta, vaccinated people who get COVID, have a period of quite high viral load. They think Delta is more transmissible because people get this very high viral load in their nose and they seem to get it earlier um, after catching COVID than with the first version of COVID where people might get it, you know, I think more like seven to 10 days out, they seem to get it earlier. And Delta, this might be why it spreads uh, more easily. And it looks like, um, you know, Six months ago, they thought that when people are vaccinated, they had very low viral loads if they caught COVID compared to unvaccinated people. And now with Delta, vaccinated people seem to have just as high a viral load uh, in the early days as unvaccinated people. They just don't go on to develop pneumonias and the more severe forms. So uh, I think we need to assume that vaccinated people can transmit it to others, even though it's unclear exactly how common this is. And you want to be especially careful if you are around unvaccinated people, um, ch children who can't be vaccinated, people who chose to not be vaccinated, people who may have felt that they had good reasons because of their health conditions um, to not be vaccinated, or people who are um, at risk of not being protected by the vaccine. So people who are immune compromised or much older or uh, frailer. Um, so I have had people tell me right now, well, yes, but I hung out with these people, but they're vaccinated. So I'm not, you know, they couldn't give me COVID, that, that is no longer true. <laughs> so that was the presumption two to three months ago, and it is not safe to assume that right now. So I frequently ask questions, do the breakthroughs mean that the vaccine doesn't work? No, the vaccines are working. They are great in that they protect most people against hospitalization and death from COVID. So I would not take the current surge and the current breakthroughs as proof that the vaccines don't work. Um, because they are still protecting people against hospitalization and death uh, from COVID. Um, so on the other hand, COVID has already proved to us that it's adaptable, it's quick to mutate. So uh, we should expect variants to figure out how to spread even among vaccinated people. And when COVID cases go up, we need to take transmission reduction precautions. So that basically means masks, ventilation, and physical distancing. Now, what about the question of vaccine boosters? So there has been this question of whether a booster is going to be required. Um, and that could be, you know, is, is the vaccine's effect waning, declining over time? Or is it that it just doesn't work as well against um, uh, variants? Um, so Pfizer 
this month has suggested that their data shows a third dose booster would be a good idea. Um, they said that their data shows decreased efficacy against symptomatic COVID. So symptomatic means you obviously have symptoms. It doesn't mean you get hospitalized. So they found that, you know, the effectiveness against symptomatic COVID was 96% after the first two months and that it has dropped to 84% over six months. However, their data also showed that the efficacy against hospitalization was maintained at 97%. Uh, and I'm assuming the group they're following is the group that they used for their original efficacy studies. So that means that probably we don't have lots of people over 75 in that group. We should also bear in mind that Pfizer has a financial conflict of interest here. They stand to make a lot of money if we go with a third booster dose. Uh, so the CDC is currently studying this question. Um, I think it's really unclear whether it's going to be needed for the general population. I suspect it won't um, be needed. There's also right now Pfizer's, I think, proposing a third dose of the vaccine they already developed, but also I know that Pfizer and Moderna have also been developing a, um, you know, a different formulation of the vaccine that would hopefully be more effective against the current um, variants. So, um, so when we're talking about boosters, there's really going to be the question of, is this a third dose of the one you originally got six months ago, or is this, you know, a uh, modified dose that is hopefully going to make it easier to avoid catching or getting sick from uh, the variants. Um, so the CDC uh, just about a week ago uh, had a presentation. I will post a link to it in the related links um, uh, examining the question of boosters for specifically for immune compromised. Um, so first of all, I think there's no downside. A third dose is safe for sure. And it can increase immunity. So in people who didn't respond to the first two doses, getting a third dose, you know, something like 35 to 50% of them had a, a response. So they're exploring this. However, they still have no recommendations for who should get it or even for how you can get your immunity levels tested to see whether you're somebody who did not um, respond. Oh, I meant to change the slide. Um, so the other question is about older adults, uh, age 65 plus. Um, so this too is being considered, the Biden administration said they thought, you know, that they possibly might do boosters for people who are older. Um, I think this potentially could be a good idea. Um, so in general with the vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, uh, seem to work much better than Johnson and Johnson. Um, people do, when they are older, in general, they benefit from the second dose. The first one kind of primes the immune system. The second one uh, in most people, unless they're really immune compromised, gets it going. And the evidence suggests that response is better with a longer dosing interval, especially as people get older. So especially in the UK and other countries where they space people out for more, they found that um, the older people are, the more time it takes for them to respond to that first priming dose. And so it does look like it's a good idea to have a longer interval, exactly how long, I don't know, but, you know, probably at least four weeks, maybe, you know, eight to 12 might be good. The downside is that then you're delaying the time until they are fully vaccinated. Um, so this is part of why I think in general, Moderna was a better choice for people who were older. It was a higher dose of mRNA and it had an extra week of spacing. I think Pfizer maybe went for three weeks just to get their data sooner. 
but I, I think that may have been a little bit less good for people who uh, are older. So um, I think if the opportunity arises to get a third dose, that's probably going to be helpful. And the older and frailer people are, the more likely it is um, to be helpful. But formal recommendations on that are still pending as well. Now, uh, next question, are the vaccines still working in nursing homes? Uh, yes. Uh, I think they are still working in nursing homes. So uh, if you look at my May presentation, I presented some data on nursing homes showing how the number of cases and uh, hospitalizations and deaths, especially deaths, they're not really reporting hospitalizations so clearly for the nursing home population, really went down after that group was uh, vaccinated. Um, so they are, they are working. Now, we are seeing cases go up in nursing homes. The CDC has a long-term care uh, dashboard where you can see this. Let me see if I can find my share for that uh, really quickly. Okay, it's this one right here. So these are cases and rate per 100,000. If you right click here, you can get this table. So you can see the numbers going up uh, over here. And you can see right over here that we are at, um, you know, a month ago, we were at 318 cases, and now we're at 1259. Now, what they believe is a lot of the cases are brought in by uh, workers, um, many of whom remain unvaccinated. The vaccination rate for people working in nursing homes and long-term care facilities tends to be lower than the vaccination rate of the population um, overall. Um, so, uh, so there's going to be more COVID among them. They're going to bring it in and residents are going to catch COVID. Uh, however, the, the deaths still remain um, pretty low. I mean, still, you know, higher than uh, a year ago. We should also bear in mind that deaths usually lag at cases by two to four weeks. Um, but uh, yes, I would say that um, the vaccine is still being really important to the nursing home population. Um, but again, the problem is that the uh, uh, vaccination rate among staff remains um, remains low. There is a question now of you know, mandating it uh, in different states. Um, the VA uh, hospital system has actually just mandated vaccination for all of their frontline staff. I think that's going to cover their nursing homes. Um, whether to go the mandate, I'm not going to get into that right now. But in general, uh, I support all adults being vaccinated against COVID. And I think it's especially important for those who work with frail older adults. So I hope we'll continue to see more vaccination among that group. Um, so to be determined um, is whether boosters will be recommended for the nursing home population later this year. That is a group that tends to be either quite old or quite frail or at high risk. So um, probably if you're watching this, you are not yourself a nursing home resident, but you may have an aging parent or other loved one in the nursing home. And I would say if the possibility of a booster arises, don't hesitate. I would, I would go for it. I think there's very little downside and it's potentially going to help. Um, so now I just want to say briefly uh, what I see as the current problem with vaccine efficacy studies. So again, I think the vaccine is effective, especially the Pfizer and Moderna one um, at protecting against hospitalization and death. Um, but when they report on studies related to breakthroughs or transmissions or even effectiveness overall, I think a big problem is that the studies that are being published now in peer-reviewed journals 
such as that study of Israeli healthcare workers with breakthrough infections, which got published in the New England Journal just yesterday, um, July 28th, they are using data from three to six months ago, which predates Delta. So whenever you hear about the study, and the CDC does this too, they'll report their study and the data will still be from two to three months ago. And that's because it takes them two to three months to analyze the data. And that's really fast work. Uh, researchers often take one to two years to analyze data. So for them to do it in two to three months is light speed for them. And this is still a rapidly evolving situation with COVID and the variants. So whenever you hear them report about that, I encourage you to pull up the study and just see like who was it and when, like when did they gather the data? Um, so, um, and then we have sometimes more recent data and the problem is that this, this, the researchers haven't had time to analyze it and you know make the statistical corrections in as much depth as possible. So Israel, for instance, is reporting very preliminary uh, analyses. So they found that the Pfizer vaccine seems to be 39% effective against COVID infection. This is again, against testing positive for COVID or having mild symptoms. It is still 91% effective against serious illness. Um, Israel was one of the first places to actually start reporting that they were getting lots of positive COVID cases among vaccinated people because they have um, a lot of people have been vaccinated in their country. Um, so when it's a preliminary analysis, you also have to take it kind of with a, a grain because uh, it hasn't been corrected. Um, in the way that often it might be if it were thoroughly done and prepared for publication in peer review. Um, but, um, but that's data from, I think early in July, that 39%. Uh, and again, you know, the takeaway for me was, well, Delta is very transmissible and it's time to wear masks and start being more careful about our exposure until this blows over. So I want the takeaway to still be that vaccines are very effective against serious COVID. I just don't think that right now you can count on them to keep you from catching COVID or transmitting it to anyone. So again, what we do know about COVID, the basic principles aren't changing. It's mostly transmitted by aerosols, what people exhale. It's uh, overwhelmingly transmitted indoors. Now, because Delta is more transmissible, it means it takes a smaller dose to catch it. So things that may have been mostly safe four months ago um, now might be uh, less safe. Um, so again, depending on how close you're getting to somebody and how um, likely you are to breathe in their aerosols. And probably with Delta, you need to breathe it in for less time or a small amount and you could still catch it. Vaccination remains the most effective way to protect against death and hospitalization. Breakthrough infections seem to be increasing with Delta. So be careful about catching and transmitting COVID. COVID keeps mutating. It's a wily adversary. So the questions you may have, should I get vaccinated against COVID? If you haven't been vaccinated, yet, I would say yes, 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 yes. Go with one of the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer or Moderna. If you are over 65, I would recommend Moderna. Um, I don't think anyone has peer published something saying it's better, but I just think it makes sense. It's a higher dose. That's a known strategy for vaccinating older adults who often need a bigger kick in the pants immune system-wise to have a response. And also it has a little bit longer interval between doses. So I, I would vote for Moderna if you're over 65. Should my 90-year-old mother get the COVID vaccine if she hasn't had it yet? Yes. And even if she has had COVID already, or if you had had COVID already, the vaccine still seems to improve your immunity and protection against later getting hospitalized. Um, if you wanna know how well it works in older adults, 
I'm not aware of significant data beyond what I presented in May. You can find my May uh, update in the podcast section. Which vaccine is best for older adults? Um, I kind of think I would, if I could pick between Moderna and Pfizer for one of my older patients, I would pick Moderna. I would say Pfizer is okay, but I would consider actually getting the second dose after four weeks instead of three. Um, Johnson & Johnson doesn't seem to work uh, as well, so I, I wouldn't particularly recommend it for older adults. All the vaccines um, seem to be very safe in people over age 65. So should I worry that the vaccine might harm me or my frail older parent? No, you're at much higher risk of being harmed by COVID. Um, should I worry that I haven't responded enough to the vaccine? Well, you know, maybe. Um, so you should not worry if you didn't get a fever after your first or second dose. Don't worry about that. Um, if uh, I would recommend discussing this with your health provider. If you are on immune suppressing medications, if you are you know, in your late 80s or your 90s, if you have multiple health conditions and have been hospitalized in the past, um, then yes, maybe you haven't uh, responded enough to the vaccine. And so if the opportunity presents itself to get a booster, I would take it. Uh, and I would be even more careful about um, reducing your exposure to people who, or situations that could expose you to COVID, especially to the Delta variant. So how should we remain safe for August, 2021? Uh, I think generally you wanna be careful with the three C's, close spaces, crowded places, close contact situations, so especially indoors. So, um, and right now, to prevent catching or transmitting COVID, I would ignore your vaccination status and others. So I wouldn't say, well, I can do this because I'm vaccinated, um, unless you really don't mind the possibility of catching COVID and transmitting to someone else. Um, and I wouldn't say, well, it's safe for me to be with this person because they're vaccinated. Um, if cases are going up in your community or during this current surge, I would resume being careful the way we were you know, three to six months ago. Um, so I would wear masks indoors in public places. I would think about wearing masks when you are indoors with people you don't live with. I would try to make sure you're in places with lots of ventilation when you're with other people. So either outside or if you're inside, windows open, fans, HEPA filters. Um, I would consider social pods again. So we had a nice little moment of being able to have our vaccinated friends over for dinner without masks. And I think that needs to be reconsidered um, at least for the next few weeks while we see how this latest surge plays out. You know, when it drops back down, I think we could go back to socializing indoors with people who uh, are vaccinated. Um, but I wouldn't do it right now. Uh, and I would recommend having a low threshold to test for COVID, even if you are vaccinated. So if you get the sniffles, the, the you know, the blahs, the anything, um, get checked because it just seems very easy right now to come down with Delta. I do think outdoor activity is safe and mostly doesn't warrant masking, but I would sit a little further from people or I would wear a mask um, right now if you want to minimize risk of catching COVID or giving it to somebody else. So again, in closing, um, my recommendations, get vaccinated if you haven't already done so. I encourage other adults to be vaccinated. You should feel safer from hospitalization by being vaccinated, but don't assume you can't catch or transmit COVID during this time of Delta surge. I highly recommend wearing masks indoors and taking precautions right now. While Delta seems easy to catch and transmit, I would take special care with those who are immune compromised, whether that's yourself or a loved one. 
Uh, I would also take care, you know, if you're around children who are unvaccinated, outside is always safer. And so that's it for today. Please take care, everyone. Stay safe. Thank you for watching my update. And I will try to do another in a month or two or three as the situation uh, evolves. Thank you, everybody.